We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What's up, guys? In case you haven't heard, Blue Wire Studios just dropped their first original podcast, Golden Goal. The show gives you 10-minute episodes all about soccer legends and the moments that made them. Whether you just learned about soccer for the first time or a diehard fan, this podcast is a great listen for everyone. The final two episodes are live right now or binge on the entire season to learn more about your favorite soccer stars. Check out Blue Wire's Golden Goal, available anywhere you listen to podcasts. Mahomes. Has the time, delivers, perfectly downfield, touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. This one, Adams, touchdown! This time going deep for Beckham Jr. Hello everyone, welcome back to Rotoviz Overtime on Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by Bet Online and the FFPC. My name's Colin Kelly. You can follow me as always on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. I'm joined once again by one of the co-owners at Rotoviz, Sean Siegel. Sean, a great show earlier in the week. Really enjoyed diving in. Uh, one of my favorite shows are usually the ones we dive into full drafts, look through them, uh, get a bit of uh, insight into the decision making. Uh, really enjoyed that show earlier this week. If you haven't. Uh, listen to it already head on over after you finish this one and check it out sean we've lots of stuff to talk about on today's show we're going to look at some players uh, who are going uh, you know depending on how you want to how, how you want to value it uh, ahead of adp or maybe you're thinking that is the value and we should be taking them at that spot correctly so we're going to dive into that on today's show we're also going to look about the wide receiver class and uh, you know if they could be his, as historic as that 2014 class so lots to to get into on today's show but uh, how are things with you they're good it, it's always fun to be doing these drafts doing the the feedback sort of section jack has done a great job both setting this up it's his article today that we'll be looking at in terms of the guys who were the favorites of the road of his staff it's always cool to see uh, which players are going like you said far above adp the people that the individual owners absolutely had to have on those rosters that's something i think 
that everyone is interested in in terms of finding out those very biggest favorites. And that kind of leads us into one of the guys who, not surprisingly, always has been a show favorite, but something we haven't talked about quite as much this season, certainly haven't talked about uh, since the original free agent move back earlier in the spring. So that's going to bring us to today's FFPC stat attack, and that's going to focus on Rotoviz all-time favorite Stefan Diggs. Now, over the last four years, these are Diggs' ranks in PPR points per game. He's been 15th, 13th, 11th, and 25th. Now, that last result back uh, from just last year, 2019, is the most disappointing. But keep in mind that he ranked number four in the NFL in fantasy points over expectation and set a new career high in points per opportunity. Obviously, the Vikings simply didn't use him enough. Diggs is also capable of playing any and every role at wide receiver. In 2018, he caught 102 passes and averaged 10 yards per reception. In 2019, he received fewer targets than he had catches the year before, but he averaged 17.9 yards per catch. His new QB has accuracy issues, but he just fueled John Brown to a wide receiver 20 finish. Diggs is currently going off the board at wide receiver 27 in FFPC redraft ADP. That's obviously lower than any of his recent finishes. It's worse than where John Brown was last year. I don't think it's a a spoiler column to say that Diggs may show up on this list of guys who were selected earlier than ADP. Yeah, I think he might. And, uh, you know, going to his current value, I think that's pretty safe to say. If you're in a league with uh, any other road of his team, he's probably going quite a bit ahead of uh, ADP. But the FFPC stat attack brought to you by the FFPC, the home of the best fantasy football leagues and contests in the industry, including Dynasty Baseball and, of course, the world-famous FFPC main event. To learn more or to join the league, head on over to myffpc.com. That's myffpc.com. And as always, check out the tools up on the road of his website specifically to get you set for FFPC domination. We teased it a moment ago, Sean. The article is up on the website. It is Swimming with Sharks, seven players who went well ahead of ADP in a road of his best ball mock draft. So Jack Miller, um, we've we've highlighted him on a number of the shows recently doing phenomenal work. And he's looking into the seven players who went ahead of the ADP. So We'll, uh, we'll we'll leave Steph on for a, for a moment. Uh, we'll go through it maybe uh, two by two, but we're going to do it in a different way, Sean, than they're actually on the list. I think we have uh, you know Keenan Allen, who we touched on a few weeks ago, and we touched on Mike Williams on this week's earlier show. Both of those guys going significantly ahead of ADP in this draft, and we obviously talked a couple of weeks ago about how this team would fair whether it was Tyrod Taylor or whether it was the rookie quarterback you know setting things up here how the Chargers would do we talked about you drafting Hunter Henry um, earlier uh, this week as well so the Chargers skill position players you know going uh, very you know going pretty well in terms of ADP and where people are ranking them Um, what's your concern level around who the quarterback is and then do you agree with Keenan Allen going as high ahead of ADP or is that something that you wouldn't be making that move uh, in your drafts I know that you're pretty happy with the Mike Williams uh, and where he's going. I think the way to play this is to take the less expensive guys. That gives you some exposure to some talented players on this roster while not potentially torpedoing your team by 
uh, getting an Austin Eckler or a Keenan Allen at a very expensive prices still, even though they're very established players, they're very good players. I think that Austin Eckler, uh, there's a difference between him and Christian McCaffrey. I don't think anyone would necessarily argue that there isn't, but that gap may be smaller than a lot of people realize, even where he is going as a fantasy player, which is that mid second round. I don't think it's any way related to talent that we have concerns about him, but simply what this offense might do. Jack points out that Tyrod Taylor is a prolific runner who hasn't thrown for more than 436 attempts in a season. Herbert, unproven rookie. He's got an interesting prospect profile. I tend to think that he's better than people believe, but he may be better more in that Josh Allen type of way where he's going to lead your team to the playoffs. He's going to be an exciting athletic a big-armed talent maybe isn't the perfect guy for an intermediate uh, possession accuracy threat like a keenan allen and then we go into the situation with allen where even though he's very established and you could make maybe some similar arguments to where okay well his adp is not doesn't really make sense based on his track record the same kind of thing that we suggested for digs in the open there his wide receiver, his ADP, wide receiver 24, I think within the context of this offense makes some sense. He went at wide receiver 15 in this draft. I do continue to think that the way to play this is with players like Hunter Henry and Mike Williams, who might fit better with the particular quarterbacks that the Chargers are going to roll out this season. Yeah, I think that's pretty fair. And that, that kind of was uh, the thought process that you went through um, a couple of weeks ago when we talked about Allen. Um, definitely, I think there's a huge um, upside to this offense. Um, you know, when we talk about some of the players that are our favorites, you mentioned Eckler, then you have Mike Williams, um, and then even getting further down and into the roster in general. But um, I think the, the more I think about it, the more interesting uh, it's going to be when uh, the quarterback is announced as to who's going to start the season as to where their adp moves to because um you know obviously if we're thinking they're going to support these offensive pieces we're we're hoping that they're going to be able to have that uh, production themselves uh, next up was evan ingram uh, talked about him a couple of weeks ago um, De- uh, and dr budoff's uh, piece in terms of his injury profile um i, I think that it's going to be again as you mentioned um with the the tight ends on the show earlier this week having those elite tight ends can give you a very significant advantage especially in the tight end premium drafts and like i touched on with evan ingram uh, or with hunter henry sorry uh, evan ingram is somebody who when he's been healthy has been uh, pretty damn productive but i think when you're looking at evan ingram's current adp um and then you're looking at uh, you know making the pick of hunter henry i see very similar profiles um but I, I think i would be leaning towards henry and that as well what's your thoughts on ingram at this stage and where where would you take him at his value versus someone like hunter henry who i think i think could have a very similar or even more productive season i like ingram i think that he has a little bit more what we're looking at from the pure receiving tight end i think that the offense will be better i think that the volume opportunity there is better and we talked about how Curtis and I selected him in our dynasty startup the other day. However, in that particular draft, we were able to get him at a significant discount to ADP. And that's more how I would like to play Ingram. Anyone who has these injury concerns, and you mentioned, as Jack mentioned, uh, Dr. Budoff's concerns about that, a 21% decrease in production in the first year back from this type of surgery. I think when you have the injury risk, and certainly Ingram has in terms of even if the player plays 
that they may not be 100%. They may not be the guy that they used to be, at least for that first season. We want to make sure that we get them at a discount. I think that Ingram, especially in that range, and we talk a lot about how you either want to get the tight end early or you want to wait to get a value. I think that his ADP is probably a little bit enthusiastic. And so taking him well ahead of ADP where he went here is probably not the direction I would go. Just before we get into the second half of the show, I want to let you know about our friends over at Bet Online. Sports are coming back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. And there's no better place to start than exclusive partners, Bet Online. Get in on the action for this week's big UFC action, or check out the odds on NASCAR, Formula One, or the Premier League. Can't wait for your team to come back. Bet Online has future odds and win totals, division winners, and even league championships. Or check out the daily simulations of Madden and NBA 2K to watch and wager on. Visit betonline.com ag and use the promo code blue wire to receive your welcome bonus that's all one word blue wire to get that welcome bonus bet online your online wagering experts what's up listeners this is curtis patrick i just wanted to stop by and say thank you for supporting rotoviz radio you are the absolute best audience in the business and i know it as a special thank you I'm offering 10% off your next Rotoviz subscription. Just use code 2020RVRADIO at checkout. That's right. Go to rotoviz.com, click subscribe, and enter code 2020RVRADIO at checkout for 10% off. You can even extend your subscription. Oh, and one more thing. If you haven't ever done it, please rate and review the podcast you're listening to right now on Apple Podcasts. It's really easy. It only takes like 10, 15 seconds. Just do it. We'd love to hear your feedback. Now, back to the show. The next player up, I mean, you mentioned him earlier, and the, the stat attack is Stefan Diggs. Obviously, I would class him as like a, a road of his OG at this time, at this point, in terms of where he's come from, where the expectations were, and what you know, what the road of his team have thought about him uh, the whole way through the process. But Diggs, uh, you know, in terms of where he went in this year, he ended up going forty fourth overall, wide receiver twenty. Uh, you mentioned that you know normally it's. 26 is the spot that he's going at so going quite a quite a little bit ahead in terms of uh, where we would expect um i have some concerns obviously about the move we, you know moving teams hasn't been the best outlet for those uh, wide receivers but obviously going from the I, li- I like players in a dome he's gonna be playing outdoors in buffalo which isn't the most comfortable position in the world but if you could pick the strength of the quarterback and tie it to the strength of the wide receiver i do think it's a pretty pretty uh prime uh kind of match uh, to have those two guys together like Diggs can pretty much beat uh coverage in any sort of way that he wants uh, and then josh allen can kind of throw the ball <laughs> the entire length of the field so if they can you know get a connection going there i think that the sky's the limit for Diggs in this offense but what's your level of concern like i don't think there's much of a downgrade going from what the vikings wanted to do on offense versus what uh what the bills are going to want to do on offense overall right and we talked about how Diggs can really do anything what we would like to see is him being asked to do everything right he was pigeonholed into this very short area approach in 2018 and then they completely flipped the script and went to almost a pure vertical receiver last year you look at his air yards numbers and you think okay well this should have been a huge campaign for him volume wise but that's one of the areas in which we get back to those targets and how important the targets actually are you have to have both things and that's one of the reasons why i like him going to buffalo i like the fact that buffalo actually seems to see him 
as their Antonio Brown, as opposed to the Vikings, who more seemed to see him as a complement to the other things they wanted to do on offense. Now, we've been sort of promoting Diggs as Antonio Brown light for a while. Now we get a chance to really see whether or not that's the case. Now, even with someone like an Antonio Brown, we see a difference between him with Ben Roethlisberger, who's a star, and him with anybody else. And so Josh Allen may not be Ben Roethlisberger, you mentioned the difference in the weather that could make it a lot more difficult to uh, complete those long bombs it could decrease the volume late in the season when we're actually trying to win fantasy titles and like you said anytime that you have established receivers moving then you don't have that same rapport that they had with their previous quarterback where they played with the guy for years that guy knows when they're going to come out of breaks knows exactly how they like the passes to be thrown how they like to play different coverages you know how they work different corners and so you're going to see an adjustment period especially this year you know you go and you pull digs up on the internet uh you find the frustrations that he's having with not being able to work with his new team in the same way that you would in any other type of season right and so there are red flags here but Diggs in buffalo is going to be the guy i think that when you look at some of the other pieces they have it allows john brown to be the vertical guy it allows beasley to be the underneath guy uh, they've even had some very positive early news about uh, gabriel davis who is one of the rookies that we've labeled as being extremely undervalued this could be an offense that is incredibly explosive if things break the right way if Diggs is the antonio brown in that offense i think that the concerns of which there you know are numerous ones that are justifiable i think those concerns fall by the wayside simply because Diggs is too good and his new volume situation is too good for him not to come out of it looking like a value here you know that being said especially in this weird 2020 season uh, if things would break the other way it, you know you if you came back to me four months from now and said you're completely wrong i would be surprised but i would understand how that happened yeah and i, I think the interesting thing is like this team as a whole you mentioned john brown who I, i've always liked um you know they're going to be a tough team to cover they have quite a dynamic offense uh, in terms of what those three uh, kind of main wide receivers are going to give them there's not a huge amount then going on outside of the running back position in terms of the skill positions uh, and i i think as well like if you look at you know we we kind of made fun of the the texans for what they got for deandre hopkins but you know the bills give up uh, a 20 uh, they got a 2020 uh, seventh round pick and digs for 2020 first which was the 22nd overall 2025th 2026th and a 2021 first round pick so like they they give up quite a haul to get digs and it's not just the kind of picks that you give up if you're just going to have him be kind of a guy that's going to be on that offense so uh i i'm expecting big things and i think at wide receiver 26 if you were sent to me at the end of the season he's going to fall outside of the top 24 wide receivers or be in the top 12 i would be uh confident at least and there's more chances of him being in the top 12 than being outside of the top 26 I know, or top 24 i know you should always take the field on those kind of bets but uh i, I think that um, he is somebody who has huge upside at his, at his current price. Um, we're going to put two together, Sean, for you. Naheem Himes, who we've touched on a couple of times on the show. Uh, I think he fits really well um, into that kind of pass catch and running back role that Phil Rivers um, has had um, with Eckler or Tom Brady would have had with a James White, you know, in that kind of role or a Danny Woodhead for both of those guys. Uh, you know, we obviously love... Uh, 
the running back situation that is there now but uh, i think this is a major boost in and and naheem hines uh value with philip rivers landing there what what's your thoughts between him and the other one that went above adp uh, and lynn bowden jr obviously with the the raiders uh, i know he's somebody uh, that you've been picking up quite a bit uh, in recent drafts and uh, a very intriguing prospect as a rookie yeah so these are the two main guys i have as targets late so i'm not surprised that they were picked earlier bowden actually was one of my picks uh he went below adp but again we talked about on tuesday how this draft pushed up the wide receivers pushed down the running backs Uh, he was selected above his positional adp running back 63 versus 69 i think that he's going to go into that pass catching role right away and the more that i looked into him the more i realized that this guy could be the real undervalued star of this entire draft right we had so many star wide receivers many of whom we're going to talk about in just a minute we had so many top running backs this year there were more running backs selected in the top 100 picks than any time in the last five years Bowden, who is maybe neither one of those things exactly tends to get overlooked because he played quarterback last year but as a running quarterback he was so prolific his ability with the ball in his hands his season the previous year as a wide receiver where he had an early breakout carried the offense in a different role now what he's being asked to do sort of this hybrid role that combines all of his abilities i'm really excited to see what he can do there with the raiders and then as you mentioned with Hines, this looks like his breakout season right he's a guy who's one of the fastest running backs in the nfl he's a plus receiver he again has that hybrid ability where in college he had some stretches where he played wide receiver and now he has philip rivers who especially where he is now with his arm strength i I would be shocked if there's any quarterback that heads into 2020 as predisposed to dump off passes to the running backs as Phillip Rivers. Now, whether or not the Colts will actually lead the NFL in targets to running backs is a little bit of a different question, but Rivers is the guy you want at the quarterback position if you're drafting running backs to catch the ball. This is something that actually could help Jonathan Taylor and Marlon Mack a little bit more than people realize as well. A difficult situation with those two earlier picks because we don't know exactly how the workload is going to split between them if you want to get some exposure to this team in a very cheap way Heinz is your guy yeah i think both of them very good very good candidates to be slotting into rosters there at the back end off drafts i think the the pass catching upside is, is very high for both we're going to look a little bit then at the rookies here as they get ready for 2020 for the wide receivers we all know about that 2014 class that you know really uh, has turned out to kind of has has fueled wide receiver fantasy production over the last uh, five six seven years at this point six years it's uh, hard to believe it's actually that long ago but there's five rookies that you've picked out sean that you should be stockpiling and redraft this year then let the listeners know a little bit about those names yeah so the idea behind this article was just to do kind of a fun little project where we compare the two classes we look at what 2014 did as rookies which we know was historic and is unlikely to be uh, something that we see again anytime soon and then take a little bit more of a global look at rookie wide receiver production give us a sense of what we might expect and what fantasy owners should be looking at in terms of these this current rookie class now the fly in the ointment is always just how much of a difference the truncated offseason is going to make for wide receivers. But I think it's still an interesting question to look at these guys here. So 
if we start out with the, the first question there of 2020 versus 2014, we pull up the wide receiver prospect lab and we look at the post-draft rankings so we can see the different traits in the lab that help us to project wide receiver production. And we look at the projection percentile for these top guys. And what we find is that the two classes are about equally as deep, but they have their strength in different areas, right? We look at that 2014 class, Sammy Watkins, a 98th percentile projection, Beckham 94, Jordan Matthews 94, Mike Evans 92, Brandon Cooks 90. To have five guys projected at the 90th percentile or above really is pretty astonishing. And it's astonishing too when you consider that maybe the two highest profile guys from that class now are Devontae Adams, who came in at 84, and Allen Robinson, who came in at 79. Both of those guys being drafted very early. You have Jarvis Landry in there at 80. Certainly Odell Beckham is still holding his own. Mike Evans still holding his own. We've got a lot of top end. We've got a lot of depth. We contrast that to the 2020 class, and we see that the top guy is Jalen Rager at 93, CeeDee Lamb at 92. So there were three players from the 2014 class above any of the 2020 guys, and then there were five players above 90, whereas with the 2020 class, we only have two. However, we have a very deep group in that 80th percentile range with Brandon Ayuk coming in 89th percentile, Justin Jefferson 89, Hamler 86, Chenault 86, Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs in part because of what that Crimson Tide offense does with so much depth. They're in there at 85 and 83. Michael Pittman sliding in between them at 84. And then also Higgins and Mims at 80 with Chase Claypool just a little bit below at 78. So at about the midway point there, the advantage actually flips over to favoring the 2014 class. I think that's an interesting thing to keep in mind that the 2020 class, more top end, great depth, I mean, the 2014 class, more top end, great depth. Our current class, maybe not the absolute superstars. You look through this class, and I don't think that most people are seeing a Calvin Johnson, a Julio Jones, an Odell Beckham type player, but the depth is astonishing and very, very encouraging. And so then we jump in and we look at a little bit about what these guys did as rookies. And Colm, I think that you would agree that when we look at the receiving breakouts from rookies over the last 20 years almost a third of them come from this one class where we actually had five guys in 2014 score more than 200 fantasy points as rookies yeah it's just a phenomenal class um you know from the very start you have to remember as well you know some of these guys played full seasons but like odell beckham played 12 12 games that season finished with 297 ppr points which was absolutely insane but both him and mike evans finishing with 12 touchdowns in that rookie season kelvin benjamin who for all his athletic downside um and no longer in the league from from well from what i can remember um is uh that season finished with a thousand yards and nine touchdowns um jordan matthews similar kind of situation with him where he's uh, not not a big name any longer but finished with 202 points that season eight touchdowns for him and sammy watkins obviously jarvis landry who we've talked about branton cooks there's just alan robinson just so many players um that had such big big rookie seasons and this this year i think 
um, with some of the changes. Like if any of these rookies come in and hit the ground running once these training camps kick off, uh, the upside is is immense for them. And like you mentioned, um, it mightn't just have that elitely top level overall talent, but when you get to the actual talent that there is, um, they're probably in terms of overall. Uh, if you add up the scores and average them, I'd probably average them out at a better level. So just some some phenomenal names in there um, and, and really excited to see what some of them do. I know we both have our favourites in those lists, but uh, it's going to be an exciting uh, rookie year. And I think we have been kind of blessed over the last two years with the rookies that have come in, both the guys heading into their third year this year and the guys heading into their second year as well. I think last year's was probably not something we expected to be as as big as it was but uh, just some some really really good young wide receivers and uh, i think targeting both those second year guys and these rookies is a is a very good way to to gain that edge um, in these fantasy drafts moving forward here so exciting stuff uh, really good article as well i would i would highly recommend heading over having a read off it as well digesting it fully uh, and making your own takeaways from it as well but sean going through them I, I always highlight Chenault uh, as as the guy that I'm I'm really looking to to acquire at his current value as a rookie um you know like Mims as well um who who in there at their at their value uh, has anything changed over the last couple of weeks who who's your favorite rookie target at the wide receiver position at the moment well I think my my favorites are are staying more or less the same but one of the things that was very interesting in going through this is we do see that rookie wide receivers are continuing to accelerate in their impact if we look at just the last 10 years first round rookies have averaged 123 points second round rookies average 106 now if we want to get a sense of whether or not that makes sense within the context of where the current rookies are going we can pull up the win the flex tool which lets us look at different formats and compare adp to points and blair's tool here translates the adp into sort of an implied point total for you Right, So it gives you a sense of what players at that ADP have historically scored. Now, we look at C.D. Lamb, his 121 ADP in FFPC uh, redraft leagues there. His projection would be 136. Judy would be at 129. Ruggs at 124. Rager at 121. Now, again, that is the, the contrast with the first round average from the last 10 years, 123. So that gives us a little bit of context. Justin Jefferson, maybe you like him with that clear-cut starting role opening up right away he's implied to score 114 brandon Ayuk 108 you mentioned mims he would be at 104 higgins drafted with that first pick in the second round there at 102 and i think that the interesting guys as we get to this we look at Ayuk now someone the 49ers claim that they might have even drafted with their first pick he has a very high wide receiver prospect lab score for us the first round pick Debo Samuel now being out, he looks like he could be the guy right away. The fact that he is being projected below what first round receivers have historically scored, I think makes him almost a no-brainer selection. You put him in with Chenault there, who sort of outperforms in the wide receiver prospect lab. And then we mentioned those guys who uh, we talked about on Tuesday at the end of a deep, long FFPC best ball league where you're going 28 rounds and you're looking at Hamler and Claypool being available in the round 24, 25 range. 
you think about their profiles and how that might be a good fit for best ball, then I think they also become no-brainers there really late. Those are guys who have a lot going for them and yet tend to get lost a little bit because this class is so deep. But if you took them out of this class, put them in a different class, and look at what their ADPs suggest and what players historically have done at those spots, there's a lot of upside for very little risk at the price that they currently command in fantasy leagues i think it's very true and uh, i think it's uh, going to wrap us up for this week's two editions of the road of his overtime podcast make sure you are subscribed on your favorite podcast feed and as i mentioned uh, on the last show as well drop us that written review helps us out a lot here uh, on the podcast uh, as we wrap up uh, always as well you can get that 10 percent discount to a road of his nfl pass with the code 2020 rv radio uh, if you are tempted head on over join in now save yourself 10 percent, and uh, get ready for the season with the phenomenal content and uh, the phenomenal tools up on the website and until we're back next tuesday with another edition of the show my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at over to Marland. as always joined by sean siegel who is a phenomenal I've used phenomenal, I think, eight times maybe in this outro. I'm, I'm stuck on one word. Uh, there's a lot of great uh, pieces up on the website. Just got a little preview of uh, one looking at people who you might want to draft at the production level that we're expecting from David Montgomery, uh, but at a cheaper ADP. So head on over and check that one out once you're finished listening to this. Uh, and until we're back next week, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime and Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.